Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Conversations of the Way. My name is Carlos, your host as always, and I hope you've enjoyed the last few episodes, especially the one about Ruth. But now we're moving on to another lady in the lineage of Jesus. But before we do that, we have to talk about the Canaanites. So let's go ahead and get that started. Who were the Canaanites? You know, it appears to me that the Canaanites were the arch enemy of the Israelites. And our Heavenly Father had a strong disgust for them. As he should, because they were involved in many kind of transgressions and abominations. They were so bad that even for today's standards, they would be considered horrible and punishable by death. In this short, we're going to go over where the Canaanites came from, their sins, and how they played a part of Israel's history. The reality is that Canaanites are related to the Israelites. How, may you ask? Well, in short, Noah had three kids and two of them was Shem and Ham. From the lineage of Shem came Abraham and the rest of the Israelites. Ham had a few children and one of them was Canaan. Genesis chapter 9 verse 20. This story can get a little bit complicated if we go into it uh, into too much detail, but we're going to leave that for another conversation. But as a refresher, if you do not remember the story, Ham did a no-no, and Ham's son Canaan was cursed. Canaan had children, and those children went on to have their own nations. So, the name Canaanites sometimes refer to not just one nation, but a group of nations. They are a culture of people. It's like, it would be like saying that all Norwegians are Scandinavian, but not all Scandinavians are Norwegians. People from Denmark and Sweden, Sweden are also Scandinavians. Or, all Cajuns are Americans, but not all Americans are Cajun. And so on. The Canaanites got settled in what is known as modern Israel, Lebanon, and parts of Jordan, Syria. This is the land that God promises Moses. He will give to the Israelites. Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. And it is a bountiful land, as stated in Numbers chapter 13, verse 23. But the Israelites are not just going to waltz into this land of milk and honey. A step of faith will be required by the Israelites. And in the natural, it does not look good as the Canaanites were a mighty people in numbers, but also full of sin. Think of an unspeakable sin, and they were part of it. When I was not an avid reader of the scriptures, I often wondered why God would just kill the civilization just to give the land to another. Well, after reading the horrible things that they were doing, you tend to have less sympathy for them. Let's start first with the worship of other gods. God, our Father, gave us many commandments to help us stay in the straight and narrow path. He gave us what is known as the Torah, or instructions broken down into commandments. We may not know all the commandments, and we may not do all of them, and may even disagree on some of them, but I think that as a body in Christ, we can all agree of the first and second commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in earth and the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations 
of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 to 6. That just runs chills through my spine. I've also come to know that the Father, the Father as one of few words. Out of the Ten Commandments, the second and the fourth are longer than the rest. I think he was trying to drive the point through. The Canaanites didn't get the memo. Well, in this case, they just completely forgot the memo. Surely, they, their forefather Noah spoke to them about the one true God. But they had many. So many that I would need pages upon pages to mention them and explain them all. But in short, they had a God of fertility like most civilizations. They also had a goddess of the sea, goddess of irrigation, god of cattle, and even a God who is the father of eagles. So we can clearly see that they broke the second commandment. We mentioned earlier that the sins of the Canaanites were horrible even for today's standards. A few of them were incest, bestiality, and even child sacrifice. Just like our God required and requires sacrifices, so did these gods. And the worst of them were child sacrifices. One of their gods was called Molech. He was a god of the underworld and had the look of the face of a bull with arms extended. This god required child sacrifices for many reasons. An incredibly large and hot fire was part of the sacrifice and the child was thrown into the fire. Sadly, even the Israelites fell into this kind of practice. So, after hearing all the horrible things that they partook in, we can have a better understanding on why the God of Israel had no problem destroying this civilization. We need to be careful that we are not somehow indirectly taking part of the th- of the things that the Canaanites did. I don't generally see it in our culture with the purpose of directly worshiping other gods, but we still have remnants of other gods in our everyday life. We have cities named after gods like Atlanta for the god Atlas, the city of Apollo for the god of music. There is Urania, Louisiana, which was a Greek muse of astrology. And there is a Sefer, Texas, which was one of the wind gods. There are even cities called Canaan. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that these are bad cities with bad people. But clearly, the people who named these cities were aware of these so-called gods. Knowing what we know, having the opportunity to give a city a name, we would not call them after other gods or anything after other gods. The cool thing is that there are many cities related to the faith. There is Bethlehem, New York, which means house of breath. There is Carmel, Maine, which means God's vineyard. And a Jerusalem, Arkansas, which means adobe of peace. Knowing what you know, you'll be, you'll be more likely to name a city in this way. We also see monuments everywhere that symbolize other past cultures that worship multiple gods. An example is the Washington Monument in D.C. The obelisk is seen in many pagan polytheistic cultures and it is attributed primarily to the Egyptians. We also have planets, dates, festivals, events, 
that are attributed to other gods. Point being is that we see this into our culture today. Well, I hope you enjoy the surface look into the Canaanites, and this will guide us into a better cultural understanding of the scriptures and of the next uh, lady we're going to be talking about. All right, guys, until next time, be blessed.